WNYC Studios is brought to you by Zbiotics. Seize the day after a night of drinks with Zbiotics pre-alcohol probiotic drink. Zbiotics was invented by PhD scientists to break down the byproduct of alcohol, which is most responsible for making you feel crummy the next day. Drink Zbiotics before your first drink, drink responsibly, and you'll wake up refreshed and ready to take on the day. Try it for yourself at zbiotics.com/wnyc and get 15% off your first order when you use WNYC at checkout. That's zbiotics.com/wnyc and use the code WNYC at checkout for 15% off. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Brian Lehrer on WNYC. Now we'll turn to Albany, where lawmakers in both the state Senate and Assembly voted to approve new congressional maps after years of legal battles. This may actually now be over. It's now New York State's third congressional map since the 2020 census prompted the once-a-decade redrawings, and it seems like this one might stick. Sixteen Republican state lawmakers, including Assembly Minority Leader, Republican Leader Will Barclay, voted in favor of the new map yesterday, which indicates that the new districts may not be subject to the same lawsuits that previous versions endured, and the lines that they came up with may actually be the lines that will tell you who your members of Congress and candidates for Congress are. Zooming out, New York's congressional district map may have significant consequences for the results of the 2024 election. After all, many point to Democratic losses in a few of New York's swing districts on Long Island and in the Hudson Valley is the reason the party lost control of the House in the 2022 congressional elections. So let's talk about how it got to this new map, what the changes are, and who may benefit come November. Joining me now is our John Campbell, Albany reporter for WNYC and Gothamist. Hey, John. Hey, Brian. So we've changed maps twice so far in the state since 2020. Are there signs that this map will stick? Is there a Republican lawsuit brewing despite the vote in the House yesterday, in the uh, state legislature yesterday? Where are we? I think to my surprise and just about every person in Albany's surprise, the Republicans don't appear ready to sue. They are kind of okay with this new map, even though it was drawn by Democrats. I think that Republicans were, were bracing for kind of a very heavy Democratic gerrymander, kind of like what they tried in 2022. But uh, that didn't really happen here. I mean, there's really kind of the really only significant changes happened in two swing districts, one held by a Republican, one held by a Democrat. And Republicans don't really seem all that worked up about it. Even Ed Cox, the, the state Republican chairman, he said there's no need for a lawsuit. Well, I'm curious why the Democrats who had control uh, of these district lines in the legislature, right? They control both houses of the legislature. Uh, The map that the court drew two years ago favored Republicans more than the lines that the Democratic legislature tried to draw in that year, 2022. So now through all these machinations that we won't go over again, it's back in the court of the state legislature. Democrats still have control. Um, but it's almost like they took a dive. Why weren't the Democrats more aggressive in drawing pro-Democrat lines after 
they so loudly objected to the more favorable to Republican lines that the court drew. Well, I, I think some of the reason is in the question it, that you just posed. I mean, in 2022, they did try a, a aggressive Democratic gerrymander. I mean, it would have been 22 seats voted for Biden, four seats voted for Trump. And that is, I mean, that is really heavily tilted toward toward Democrats. Republicans sued and argued that it violates the anti-gerrymandering clause in the state constitution, and they won. So I, I think in this case, you saw Democrats wary of that. They didn't want this map to be overturned, and they didn't want to go back to the old map. So they kind of exercise some restraint here. It is more beneficial to Democrats than the the, the previous map that was, was drawn by uh, the court. In in two key districts, one is Tom Swazi's, the other is, is Brandon uh, Williams up in the Syracuse area, and that could help them potentially pick up a seat in November. Uh, let's get into some of the specifics of the map in the downstate area. District 16, which is currently represented by Jamal Bowman, that's part of the Bronx, part of Westchester, has seen some changes to the Bronx portion of the district. You report that Co-op City, where Bowman did very well in 2020 against then incumbent Democrat Elliot Engel in that year's primary, uh, was added back to 16. On the surface, this seems like a benefit to the Bowman campaign, which is facing a strongly funded primary challenge by Westchester County Executive George Latimer, that's just in the Democratic primary. Uh, but it's not that simple, right? No, it's not that simple because this was a Bronx for Bronx swap, mostly. I mean, there's a little bit of Mount Vernon that got swapped too. But this is a district that is heavily in Westchester County. It's got White Plains and Mount Vernon and Yonkers and Rye. And it only has a little bit of the Bronx. It had the Wakefield neighborhood in the, the very northern Bronx. Now it's going to shift from there over to the east, it's going to pick up the northeast part of Eastchester and then pick up Co-op City, which is, you know, 40,000 people live in, in that, that huge housing development in Co-op City. So it's it's it was definitely subject of some infighting behind the scenes between the Latimer factions and the Bowman factions. Uh, Jamal Bowman used to be a principal. He was the a school principal. He was the founding principal of Casa Middle School, which is which is now will be re-added to his district. It was in his district before the last round of redistricting, and he'll get that back. That's good for him, but it's good for Latimer that he keeps the bulk of the district in Westchester County, which is his stomping grounds. Long Island hosts districts 1, 2, 3, and 4, which have all seen changes. The island is swing district territory. It used to be two Democrats, two Republicans. In 2022, went all Republican, all four congressional seats. Very important to Republicans taking the House that year. So how's the new map looking for Long Island? The big change is in the third congressional district. That was the one that you might remember was held by a guy by the name of George Santos. Remember oh, yeah, him? I've heard of him. Was that his real name? Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, and it was picked up earlier earlier this month uh, in the special election by Tom Swazi, the Democratic former representative, now current representative. The big change there is it's going to shift east further into Suffolk County. It's going to pick up some of Huntington, which is Democratic turf. So that district is going to become more solidly Democratic. That helps Tom Swazi's chances of reelection. Now, it had to cede Massapequa, 
to Andrew Garbarino's district. That is the second district, I believe. Yes, the second mm-hmm. district. That makes his district a little more Republican, and that makes you know that makes his chances of reelection a little better. But that is Long Island. The big change is Huntington added to uh, Tom Swazi's district. Massapequa ceded to Andrew Garbarino's. Right. So the Democrats did get one of those four back after Santos was thrown out of power. Swazi, of course, uh, just won that special election, and it looks like he's at least fairly well positioned to keep it uh, based on what you said. And some of those other Long Island races um, may yet be competitive, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the the, uh, the seat that's held by Nick LaLota, that's on the, the North Shore uh, of Suffolk County, um, that and goes the whole way out east to Montauk. I mean, that's pretty much a 50-50 district in terms of who voted for Biden and Trump in 2020, which is usually how we try to judge whether these are Democratic or Republican districts. And I mean, it is quite literally 50-50. That is a total toss-up. One district I'm sure many Democrats had their eyes on changing was New York's 11th, and that's the one in New York City that encompasses parts of Brooklyn and Staten Island. Republican Representative Nicole Maliotakis has had strong showings in her district. Were there any changes there that would make it more competitive? This is an easy one. Not a single change. Nothing. It it stays exactly the same as it has been the last two years. And that is one that was a little surprising. I mean, when the Democrats tried to draw a map in 2022, they had it go the whole way into Park Slope, which obviously is Democratic turf. And that would have really endangered uh, Nicole Maliotakis, the, the Republican. But that, that got thrown out by the court. The court drew a new map that just kind of has it going into the Bensonhurst, Fort Hamilton area, just on the, the at the tip of Brooklyn and all of Staten Island. That doesn't change at all. Uh, they the, the Democrats this time around left it be, and, and I think Nicole Maliotakis is probably breathing a sigh of relief today. And last stop, Hudson Valley. Uh, in the last round, some districts that were contested went one for the Democrats, uh, with Pat Ryan in the Hudson Valley, another for the Republicans with Mark Molinaro. Did those change at all? A very little bit. So we saw the Independent Redistricting Commission, this bipartisan panel, put out a map uh, two weeks ago now that would have made some changes that in Orange County and Ulster County that would have bolstered both Molinaro, the Republican, and Pat Ryan, the Democrat, that angered some some Democrats. They made some changes there that that gave Orange County back to or, or took the the kind of Republican areas from Orange County that were going to go to Mark Molinaro. They took those back away, um, and they moved Molinaro back way up to Rensselaer County, way up near me in in Albany here. Um, and that doesn't really have too much of a change on that district. It's still a swing district. Um, the other surprise here, too, was Mike Lawler's district. He's the, the, the Republican who beat Sean Patrick Maloney in northern Westchester and Putnam County and a little bit of Dutchess. His district barely changes at all. I mean, that is a Biden district to begin with that, mm-hmm. that the Republican, Mike Lawler, was able to win. They didn't really touch that except for just a tiny bit in Dutchess County, but it doesn't really have any material effect on yeah the he's rockland too right he's the uh congressman from the tappan Zee bridge yes yes he is uh he is a uh, proud rockland county resident 
And there we leave it. But John, just tell us, is this the last word, do you think? We're not going to be doing another segment about uh, jockeying over these congressional districts after the vote in the legislature yesterday? Like, this is it, it, it? (laughs) I would never, ever say never. But it's certainly feeling that way. I mean, especially with the, the institutional Republicans saying that they're not going to sue. John Campbell, Albany reporter for WNYC and Gothamist. Thanks, John. Thank you, Brian.